And so as I speak uh, today, we pray that the words of my mouth and the meditation of each of our hearts will be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our King and our Redeemer. Amen. So this is the first Sunday of Lent, and during uh, these Sundays, we're going to have a short series on uh, themes that are found in uh, the Benedictines, and particularly thinking today about uh, the theme of listening to God and listening to each other and God's wisdom. So uh, what about the Benedictines? Who were they, or who was Benedict? Well, he was born in the 5th century in Italy in central Italy, and he began studies in Rome before he felt the call to a different kind of life, uh, to be a solitary, to have a life of prayer. But this moved on to where other people joined him, and so uh, in the course of time, uh, a monastery was uh, established, and you can see it on the screen there, uh, which became a very famous center of spiritual life, Uh, the uh, Monastery was the place where uh, many people came, and out of this came what is called uh, the Rule of St. Benedict, and this was uh, guidance for those who were living together in the community. And through the prayer life of this community, and through the work that they did, and through the scholarship, the education, uh, came a, a, a huge influence across Europe. Uh, in terms of uh, the life of Europe, its spiritual life, its educational life, its cultural life. My own first experience of this kind of community was when uh, many years ago Janice and I lived in Sussex when we were first married, and near where we lived was Worth Abbey. Some of you may have seen, uh, there's been programs about Worth Abbey on television, and so this was our encounter uh, with uh, this, but a bit nearer hand to us here in Camborne uh, is uh, the story of the Priory of St. Neots, and although that doesn't exist in the form in which it did, dating from the 10th century, here you can uh, see something which does exist, the Bushmere uh, Priory, a very small part of the much larger uh, life that there used to be in this community. And getting even closer, uh, it is, uh, as far as we can tell, uh, the case that here in Camborne, Uh, This community was built and is built uh, on lands that at one time belonged uh, to the Benedictines, to to the Priory in St. Neots. So, have I made a connection? Do we realize that there's something that we can uh, uh, get close to here in Camborne? But as many of you know, uh, Janice and I lived uh, for some years in Prague, and uh, this is a picture of uh, a Benedictine uh, monastery in Prague in the Czech Republic, Uh, and uh, this was a very famous, it is a very famous uh, monastery, the Brevnov Monastery, dating actually from about the same time as the St. Neots Monastery, a vibrant community. And this shows us perhaps the ups and downs and some of the difficulties of life, because during the communist times, this wonderful monastery was taken over uh, by the communists, uh, who took away some of the very valuable paintings and some of them eventually were returned, but some weren't. Uh, and uh, the whole of that uh, monastic life came to an end because of the atheistic regime uh, from 1950 onwards for 40 years. 
the abbot of the, of the monastery, the Brevnov monastery, and the other monks were imprisoned or were sent to the mines, had to work in the mines. But in the 1990s, when we lived there, uh, the uh, monastery had resurrected. Uh, there were a couple of very, very old monks who were still alive. They were in their 90s. Uh, they had worked in the mines, and uh, now they were uh, that age. And uh, the new government, the, after the end of communism, uh, approached them and said, could you make this monastery work again? And these two old boys said, yes, we think we can. Uh, and so by the time we used to go there for retreat, uh, it was again a place of prayer and of work. So that's uh, some of the stories of, uh, of the Benedictines. I want to share with you uh, something that I think sums up a lot of what we're going to be looking at when we look at Benedictine spirituality and especially today. So if we just listen to this because it uh, is written by somebody from within the, the Benedictine tradition, this is what he said. This spirituality requires careful listening and responding to the word of God, to the call of Jesus who leads us and to the call of the community. This is the foundation of our spiritual life, a monastery of the heart. I just love that, that our hearts should be places where God's presence is, a monastery of the heart. The acceptance of wisdom, not our own, that asks of us the spiritual maturity to listen first and always to the word of God and allows that word to be the testing ground of every other demand made on our lives. We were thinking about this, weren't we, with Christopher, that there'll be so many things that will come into life, but to have that testing that comes from knowing who God is and his word. It is the obedience to the greater law of love. This is what Peter was emphasizing in that dedication time, the greater law of love. To the Benedictines, conversion of the heart is the turning of ourselves towards the goal of our lives at all times. To realize that God's will for us in all the moments of our lives, however stumbling they may be, is that we join with one great song of praise for the joy of having found God and continuing to seek him. So that's one person's exposition of what we're talking about uh, today. The spirituality, listening and responding to the word of God, to the call of Jesus who leads us and to the call of the community. In the reading that Ian brought to us from 1 Corinthians Chapter 2, uh, the Apostle Paul, St. Paul begins to expand on what it is to have the gospel and our uh, strapline in this church, in Camborne Church, is the gospel. And so what is the gospel? The gospel to many people, the message of the gospel, is actually foolishness. That's not a new discovery. Paul says, this is foolishness to many people. It, it's, it's weakness to people. The message of someone crucified on a cross, it doesn't make sense to lots of people. It's, it's about a God who is weak. How can that be right? And yet, says Paul, this is the real wisdom to recognize that God has come into this world, 
come into our lives, come into our suffering, embraced all of that into himself in Jesus so that we might know what it means to live a life that is truly following God's way. So that is true wisdom. And the message of the cross actually challenges us, every one of us this morning, to say what is at the center of our lives. Is it ourselves or is it a life that is lived for others? And that's the Benedictine way, to live a life that is open to others, that is hospitable, that welcomes. And Jesus shows us this way of self-giving, doesn't he, in the cross and in his life. And Paul uh, says that in this uh, way of discovery, we are helped by the Holy Spirit. I find that pretty encouraging, that we're not doing this on our own. This is sometimes a hard way to travel, but we're not doing it on our own. And and it's so wonderful to me, reading this passage, uh, that Paul emphasizes so much the role of the Holy Spirit, the presence of God with us, the Holy Spirit in our lives, enabling us to understand those things of God which are revealed in Scripture. And these things are described by Paul as the deep things of God. Uh, I was discussing this last night with our family because we've got our children and grandchildren around uh, just now for a few days and uh, they've come from the Czech Republic and Sweden. So I said, I'm going to be speaking to the people tomorrow on discovering deep things. So what uh, can you suggest to me that would help them to understand deep things? So one of the ideas was uh, that it's like going down to the bottom of the ocean, uh, that you go deeper and deeper and you discover things that no one could see unless they were actually there. You can't see them from the surface. Uh, So there's a journey to discover something that is deep down. And then somebody else said, I think we get deeper when we spend time just in silence because there's so many words, there's so much noise. And if we want to discover the deep things of God, we need time when we're silent, when sometimes we're away from other people and we're not distracted. So what this says to me is, There's not an instant formula for this wisdom. It's not you can just say, if I just punch in these buttons, then out will come wisdom. It's not like that. It it is a journey. It is a discovery. It it goes on and on all through our lives to discover what it means to be wise and to ask the Holy Spirit to help us. And what I also like very much in this passage is... At the end, and in other places that we read, Paul says, Who has known the mind of Christ, but we have the mind of Christ. And the point for me there is not that I have the mind of Christ on my own, but we, we discover together. That's why we are welcoming children and new members in a couple of weeks' time into the community, because everyone brings something to that community. And so we discover together the mind of Christ. No one person among us has that on their own. And this is going to be very important for us in Camborne Church as we look to the future because we're moving into a time which could be quite scary. 
of uncertainty. And what we need to do is to be praying together, praying that God will lead, lead to the new ministers who will come into this church and to all the future that God has. What is the mind of Christ? What is his will for this community? We need to pray together. And uh, that is what Peter, in his ministry, has encouraged us to do. And I was, again, so struck reading these 1 Corinthians passages uh, that Paul said, I didn't come to mesmerize you with all my learning and all that I had so that you would just follow me. No, he said, what I wanted you to do was to follow Jesus. I wanted you to enable you to do that so that you wouldn't look to me and think that everything that you could discover, you would discover from me. No, the mind of Christ. I pointed to Christ. And that's what Peter has done among us as, as our minister. He's said to us, it's not about just one person. It, it is about following Christ. And so he's given us a direction for the future. And the idea of direction is also important. And this is the last point I want to make. Uh, because in the Benedictine communities, there are people who offer direction to one another. It's, it's called, in the technical words, spiritual direction. And uh, this is what the Benedictines say about spiritual direction. We seek wise direction. We live in community. We trust people who are wise. We trust people who are holy. We trust people who are simple. And we open up our lives to one another and we seek direction. It's something I'm uh, involved in myself and have been for, for quite a number of years, uh, to walk alongside people, to try to discern what God is doing in people's lives. And this is not about one person dictating to another person. It is about all of us understanding the direction that God is leading us in our lives, in the life of our community. And this happens through listening. And so in this first Benedictine theme, God's wisdom, which comes through listening, through the way in which we discover from God and from one another what he is saying to us and what his future for us is going to be. And it is a bit scary, but it's also exciting to be on a journey together journey which is God's gift to us, that we might be wise people and go on discovering more and more of that wisdom of God, which is not the wisdom of this world, but is truly a wisdom that comes to us from God and comes to us through each other. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.